0: this podcast is produced by unedited
1: hello dreamers and welcome to episode 115 of the dreamers disease podcast with me alex manzi and after going through my own battles with depression and anxiety i basically wanted to create a platform to inspire you to make a positive change in your life and whether that's the discussion about everyday struggles or hearing the story of an inspirational guest we aim to help you to start becoming the best version of you So on this week's episode, I am joined by Grace Victory, live from the London Podcast Festival.
0: My truth now is that every day I'm different, every minute I'm different. We're cyclic beings, you know, we change, we grow, we evolve, we go backwards sometimes. And I'm okay with that, that's my truth.
1: Having met Grace at the beginning of this year, we've been trying to make this recording happen for so long. So I'm really, really glad that we got it done in front of a live audience because... Grace's energy is so amazing and for those of you who don't know about her, she's a blogger, a podcaster, an influencer, a social activist, a fashionista and many, many other amazing things and her presence and message is so powerful that she's affectionately known as the internet's big sister and she champions all things body positivity, which I love. Now, During this conversation, we spoke about finding balance in an online life that Grace lives and not always wanting to post. Grace shares her lessons and experiences with therapy so I just want to thank you for listening to this episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button and also be sure to take a screenshot or a picture of you listening to this right now, post it to your Instagram story and tag me at Man because I love picking up the conversations with you guys over there too. And before we jump in, I'm also very excited to announce that on the 13th of November, I'm teaming up with Fiverr, the freelancing platform, and we'll be hosting a live show with my good friends at Creative Rebels as my guests. Now it's a free event and it's taking place at the General Assembly in Whitechapel in London and it's going to be amazing. Like, I cannot tell you because it's going to be full of gems and plenty of amazing creative advice as I know that David and Adam from the Creative Rebels podcast always come heavy with the inspirational a- ammunition and For some of you guys who have been listening to this, you know you've heard us a couple of times bouncing off each other. So it's going to be an amazing event to be doing it in front of a live audience as well. So to grab a ticket, all you need to do is simply head to thedreamersdisease.co.uk forward slash tickets. And like I said, it's a free event and there will be plenty of space. So be sure to get signed up and I will see you there so head over to thedreamersdiseasecouk forward slash tickets to grab yours but right now let's jump straight in and hear from Grace Victory live from the London podcast festival.
0: Hi. Hi. So how are you? Great how are you? I'm
1: good. Did I you... feel
0: very zen after my meditation.
1: Good managed to do it? Yeah.
0: I mean, my, my mind did wander, Yeah, but it's fine.
1: It does, though. I always find that, like, because I, I, I try to meditate every day for at least 10 minutes, mm-hmm. Like your mind is going to wander because your mind's always generating new thoughts. Yeah. It's impossible to just be silent.
0: I was thinking um, then what I was going to say up here. So Oh,
1: if you know, let me know, because I don't know yet.
0: I've got no idea. <laughs> good. <laughs> it's good. Good place to
1: start. Um, so to kick things off then, mm. can you let the people here know a little bit about who you are and what you do? <laughs>
0: Okay, Um, so I'm Grace Victory, I am a content creator slash influencer, and I am Happy Fools columnist, which is very, very great, proud of that, and I wrote a book, I made a couple of TV shows, I predominantly talk about plus-size fashion and mental health, trauma, healing, started on YouTube in 2011 so I'm like an OG YouTuber um, when it was very different and then it's just sort of grown and grown from there really I don't know what to say I'm just a girl (laughs) I'm just a woman on the internet it exists online (laughs) yeah and I try and uplift other women um, and anyone that follows me a bit is mainly women Um, and I just share my life my love um, what I've learned, and I guess I try to encourage women to step into their power and look good whilst they do it
1: Yeah, so that's what I do that's a very interesting point because actually the first thing I wanted to
2: first thing I wanted to
1: bring up because what I love about what you do is that you use your own kind of journey your own story Yeah, um, you're very true to yourself and you use that to empower and inspire other people but the reason I say that is because you posted something literally oh. yesterday, I think it was, where you wrote on your Instagram, We often hide the parts of us that need to be seen the most. Isn't it about time that we use our shadows to lead us into the light? Your power is in all of you, even the bits you don't like. And, and also, I noticed a couple of days ago, you wrote something in a similar lane about setting yourself free and being you. So can yeah, you've ex- done your research. Yeah. Nice. No, I, don't, I just watch, I just observe. <laughs> Um, so, what can you explain Like, what you meant behind those words?
0: Um, so, a lot of what I talk about online, people are like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is right on time. And a lot of what I say is also for myself. Mm. Um, I'm not that kind of like healer that talks about things from an outside perspective. All of the stuff that I share has to come through me first. Otherwise, I don't feel very authentic. So I'm in therapy. I talk about that a lot on my platforms. And therapy is wild, first of all. Uh, I go every week. And in my last session, so I'm with my best friend Alice is here. So she just knows what I'm about to say. Um, you have the same therapist. So um, he said to me, oh, like I was saying, I'm just not authentic. I'm just struggling. I'm in between like what I've been through and letting it go. And then like stepping into like my full power um, and letting go of my suffering, because I think a lot of us have identities to our pain and they become a massive part of us. And he said to me, we were trying to be superwoman, not being a powerful woman. And I was like, oh, my God, drag me. Um, And I realised that like there's parts of myself that I try to hide still, which I think it's surprising to a lot of people because I'm like this confident person on the internet and I'm very honest with what I talk about. But there's certain things that I still find hard to talk about and certain parts of myself that I struggle to step into. Mm. And I just thought, can I I swear?
1: Yeah, and do you mean... (laughs) Fuck it. But do you mean (laughs) in the sense of stepping into that and talking about it online or in, like, IRL in real life?
2: Both.
0: I think that part of my brand and part of my success is because I'm very honest with what is happening. I find it really hard to go through something, learn a lot about it and then not talk about it because I'm like, if it was the other way around, I'd want to know, Mm. I'd want some advice or just like a little Instagram caption to make it feel like I'm not alone with what I'm going through. So I just try and be honest with what I'm... Experiencing whether that's like yeah. negative or positive, um, and my whole thing is making like holistic healing accessible. So, what I've learned, I know that not a lot of people have access to in terms of like money, um, whatever it is. So, I try and just give them a little bit of like free therapy yeah. through my page. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think that's yeah, I think that comes across because, like I said, there's a lot of things that I've noticed from following you for a number of years before we even met. So it's like, and I just can tell that you're being quite true to yourself at that moment. Mm. And I find that when I post stuff, and obviously I don't have like as much engagement and follows as you, but when I post stuff, I'll, I'll post the thing that feels right for me at that moment. Yeah. I won't just think, oh, I need to write something about, it's Monday, be positive. I'll be like, mm-hmm. I'll, I always screenshot quotes on my phone. So I'll look through the quotes, see which one jumps out at me. And then the one that jumps out, I then write something related yeah. to that because that's jumped out of me for a reason on that day. Um, and then always find that those posts always do... They get more engagement because someone is out there feeling a similar thing.
0: Yeah, and I feel like people know when it's, like, regurgitated yeah. and when it's, like, your own heart. I yeah. think they know, my followers do anyway. And some days I have nothing to say. Mm. And that's some, one thing I've had to learn is that you haven't got to constantly feel... Fill the void and fill the space all of the time. Mm. Sometimes just let it be. So there's some weeks and I won't post anything because I've got nothing to say and the internet is pissing me off. So and then there's other times where I'm just on it constantly like, I want to inspire, I want to help. And there's other times where I'm like, someone needs to inspire and help me yeah. right now. So yeah.
1: Yeah. So what's the biggest things that you've been learning through therapy then? So far? <sighs> we got plenty of time, don't we? Okay.
0: Um <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay, It takes... I'm that kind of person. So, when I first started therapy, I've been in therapy twice. So, the first spout was for my eating disorder. And then that was all great. And I was like, but I'm still not there. So, I started again with a man, which is just wild. And I thought, I'm going to go to therapy. Just give me, like, a year. I'll be out. I'm a year in, and I'm like... I've got about three years to go. (laughs) And I always, I want to have a time frame on things because I like to come out the other end of it. This is my problem. Um, Whereas obviously true healing, you have to go through it Mm. and then you've got to go through it again and again and again. So I've really learned that healing is very, like it's not linear and you'll think you're over something or you're through it and then you get a trigger and you're like, oh. And I think I'm healed until I go back home to my family and I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah okay so yeah it's hard it's hard so that's one of them second of all that you have you can't have any expectations of therapy Mm. I think people often think they're going to go to therapy and and they're going to get a diagnosis or this is going to happen and it doesn't always work like that um and showing up for yourself is the most important like you have like 50 minutes and that's just your minutes with your therapist and um it's important that you show up for yourself and you talk about the stuff that's actually going on for you. Um, and you allow yourself to go through the process. Um, what else have I learned? It's just really fucking hard. Yeah. It's really, really hard. And I get why people don't do it because it's money, one, but also it is Grueling, and you think that therapy is just that fifty minutes. It's not. When you're in therapy, your whole life becomes therapy. Mm. There's been parts of me that hasn't been able to create, so I've been sat at my desk looking at my blog, like I've got nothing to say apart from I hate my life right now, um, and it's and it's and it's difficult, and you. You can't, you don't wanna go out, you wanna stay at home, you're miserable, you're sad. Sometimes I cry and I've got no idea why I'm crying. Yeah. My boyfriend goes, What's wrong? And I'm like, I just don't know. <laughs> and it is and that's the process of it. It's just letting it all come out, letting it all flow. And letting your healing be what it needs to be. Um but yeah, it's the hard the, the biggest thing I've learned is that it's really, really, really hard.
1: Mm. So the hardest part is kind of like showing up every time
0: yeah and And like allow i have this thing where i don't like to be sad mm. because i'm like this is not this is all angry this is not um this is not helpful for me i want to be happy and joyous and i want to come out the other end and so allowing myself to be miserable is also part of it Mm.
2: um yeah
1: yeah, because I feel like you have, to, you have to allow yourself to feel everything because yeah. if you're not allowing yourself to feel sad or feel miserable or feel anger or mm. anything like that, all you're doing is building up a resistance against it.
2: Yeah.
0: And the
1: more resistance you build up against whatever that bad feeling that you're trying to push mm. away... gets worse. You just create more friction around it, it and it gets worse and it grows and then it comes back harder the second time. Yeah. And then it comes back harder the third time and it just keeps coming back and coming back and coming back. So when you actually accept it for what it is, Mm. feel it, you soon realise, and it's hard. You soon realise that, like, actually, this is a temporary state of mind, a temporary feeling. But when you're in it, yeah. But when you're, you're in it,
0: and you're in your, so obviously you have three parts of us: adult, inner child, and ego. And your inner child comes out. And she's like, my own child's like, this is absolute hell. This is never going to end. And that's what, it's really hard to like, get out of that mindset whilst you're in it. Obviously nothing lasts forever,
2: Mm.
0: but it, it can be difficult, but you do have to surrender. And that is the thing. Humans, we don't like surrendering. We hate the unknown. We hate feeling uncomfortable. And that's what healing is. Yeah. You have to just let yourself fall and just hope to God someone catches you.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's true. So <laughs> break down those three parts then. So you said adult, um, inner child and ego. Yeah. What, what do each three of those represent to so you?
0: Inner ch- so a lot of, most of our trauma is uh, unhealed trauma uh, from our childhoods. So everyone has that inner child, so that childlike, usually the irrational child my child can be quite bratty um but also we learn attachment as children so your attachment styles are going to come through with your inner child um triggers things Mm -hmm. like that and then your ego is that sort of narcissistic which we all have narcissistic traits um that narcissistic uh, traits come through but your ego is what keeps you going as well and that's why like a lot of some people will say you know kill the ego we're not killing the ego we're integrating it Um, and then your adult is the one that has her shit together like she can apparently yeah (laughs) she can think straight she can make decisions you know things like everyone puts off their health appointments so like dentists I don't know the last how I went to the dentist things like that your adult self is usually able to like I'm just gonna pick up the phone a lot of people struggle with that I Mm. do and that's like my inner child coming in and then the whole point of healing is to integrate all of them yeah. and that's what we do when you're on your journey
1: yeah i find like for me i find the inner child is definitely there mm-hmm. but in a good way and a bad way yeah like, the inner child gives me the kind of just the stupid stuff that i like doing but also like you said the kind of more bratty kind of more yeah. having a tantrum on the floor kind of stuff i and still
0: pout like, I still pout, I'm like, mm, my boyfriend's like in a child. I definitely still have little shots. Yeah. yeah,
1: and then for me, the ego is, like, the more... And I, I don't mean the ego in the sense of, like, how, how we're told ego is, like, oh, he's got a big ego. I mean, yeah. ego in the sense of, like, the stories that we tell ourselves about who we are yeah. and how we should be and how we should behave and all those sorts of things.
0: The ego is a very um, unkind voice. That's how I differentiate between, like, me... And then other stuff I've internalised in my ego. So ego is usually like attacking, Mm. um, horrible thoughts, very like uncompassionate, whereas your adult self is like compassionate, kind. um, And your inner child, for some people, is often quite scared. And that's how I hear the different voices.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it's it's a good way to break down. That's why I was interested to hear how you would describe it, because... I've had conversations similar where people break it down slightly differently. So it's mm-hmm. always, I always think it's quite personal to you as well. Like yeah. your inner child is obviously going to be totally different to my inner child or someone else's inner child or whatever. Yeah. So I think it's super interesting just to hear those things.
0: Yeah, I think it's important. I You can't, knowing who you are, I think is one of the greatest things ever, being mm. self-aware. When you can identify your different voices and the different things that go on, go on in your brain and, and your soul and stuff, you're... you're able to live a more fulfilled life so like with therapy you go deeper and deeper and deeper into your subconscious and then you're able to understand your triggers more and what makes you tick and why you do that and why you react in a certain way and it makes you you're able to live a more wholesome life Mm. Um, otherwise you're constantly battling with yourself with your loved ones with your partner Um, and that's why I try and share what I do online to show people actually you haven't got to live obsessed with food or hating your body or whatever it is like there's other options
1: yeah and I think what you're great at as well is that you're not always like hey look how great my life is you're like very open with Mm. like if you're having a shit time or a shit week you're like this is how it is at the minute this is (laughs) how I'm feeling and I think people do need to see that because you know unfortunately for us the way we digest stuff through social media we're only seeing like the highlights of a lot of people's lives all the time yeah so we're only seeing like the good stuff the good of, you know, the best of the best stuff. Mm-hmm. We're not seeing, like, actually, this is the real day-to-day. That person is posting a picture on holiday, but they spend 10 months of the year sat there just being miserable and hating their life. Yeah. So I think it's great that there's people like you in the world who are doing good things, but also showing up and going, actually, it's not all great all the time. Like, sometimes we have to go through the shit to learn about ourselves, like we are just saying, to go deep into ourselves, to then grow on top of that. And I think that's, like, part of my journey has been recognizing those moments and then going, actually it's cool that I'm having these moments because I know that on the other side of it, as tough as it is right now when I'm in it, yeah. I know on the other side is growth and I can I'm gonna develop through it and I'm gonna learn through it. Yeah. And I think it comes down to that self worth, doesn't it really?
0: Yeah, you have to believe that you're worthy of happiness, I think, to really feel it. And I think if you've had difficult experiences and you've had a lot of sadness, you can be attached, so attached to like that pain because you're mm. used to it. Um and it's about like taking a step back and being like, oh, I actually deserve to have a really good life and to have good people around me and to feel loved and joy, et etc. Et but it takes time. Mm. I'm, I'm 29, I've just turned 29, and I only feel like my life is starting now. That's fucking wild. Yeah. So, like, you know, a lot of people don't heal until they're 60. Yeah. So we start now because I don't want to have a child and have that child go through what I went through. So mm. I'm like breaking that generational curse Yeah. so that I'm starting a new, more well cycle.
1: Yeah, and one of the things that you mentioned earlier that you went through is suffering from an eating disorder, right, mm. and I know I've heard you mention before that you kind of like outed yourself online about it. Yeah. So what was that kind of- Oh my of, God, yeah. What was you that You your
0: research. <laughs> so in 20, so I started YouTube 2011, it was very different, everyone was like, I wanna say normal, but that's really rude. But mm. like, everyone had like a really messy bedroom, was making videos on their webcam. It was so chill, nothing like what it is now. And I was getting loads of comments. I think because I just looked different, everyone was quite white, um, middle-class, thin, posh. And I, I'm i not that. Um, So I was to automatically put in this box of like, you're so confident, and amazing. Um, and I was like, you've got no idea what's going on. But I think I'd put that persona out that I was like, amazing and confident and happy and life was just fantastic. And it was not. So one day I did a video called depression to be perfect and spoke about what was actually going on. So like depression, self-harm, issues with food, body image, and just, I just put it out there. Cause I was sick of being called like a role model when I wasn't a role model. Or I didn't feel like I was one and I was just over it so I thought I'm just gonna put that out there and see what happens went out and that I think was like the boom moment for me one of the booms so I got loads of subscribers there's of followers from that and I was like mm, so if you talk about your problems people actually like that's a thing wow so um yeah it started on and on from there and I was very open about my experiences with food and how I thought about food every second of every day was trying to be like this thin person. And the role models that we had back then were like Kate Moss. It was the models like that. And I, first of all, I'm not white, so I can't change my skin color. And I was never going to be a size zero. Like It just wasn't going to happen. And I just spoke about it. And it turned out that that is like a very healing thing. And then eventually I got help, and I went to an ED clinic and stuff. and it's so mad because when I talk about it now, it doesn't feel like it's me. Yeah.
2: Because
0: I'm so far removed from those feelings and they might come back every now and then because I'm in therapy and things come up. Yeah. But it, that's just not me anymore. So what are the
1: differences you see then between Grace from 2011, oh 2012 God. to First now. of all, my
0: eyebrows. That's <laughs> the thing. Um, I think it was... Um, a very wounded inner child and a very, very overt, loud ego. And I was constantly battling between the two, really obsessed with how I looked because of experiences. I think when you're black, mixed race, of colour and plus size, you're already talked about because you're Mm. so different. So being different and my size became like, a massive part of my identity, and then I wanted to lose loads of weight, and I did lose loads of weight, and then I wasn't any happier. I was way more unhappier. Um, and it was that strife for perfection that I've let go of, um, validation from other people, and very skewed views of what healthy actually is. Mm. I literally, I was just so obsessed with, like, being thin is the only way, and it really isn't. Um, there's like health is about what you, you watch, what you're reading, what you think. Um, and my thoughts were so unhealthy. And I was just a mess, basically. Um, and I've it's taken me a long time to like crawl out of this hole. I just thought that I had to look a certain way, be a certain way, that success and happiness could only come when I, when I was that person. Mm. But funny enough, when I let go of all of that, that's when my success started coming yeah yeah
1: that's interesting in itself Mm. that that letting go of again that comes down to ego i suppose doesn't it of like this is how i should be this is what i should be like this is how It's tiring. yeah it is it's
0: so tiring not living your your truth it's so so tiring some days i think it's it's important to live your truth offline because Mm. i don't think that it's always the right place to share stuff on the internet but some days I just want to tweet, like, I can't fucking stand YouTube, or I can't... Obviously, I can't do that. But it's, but in real life, my boyfriend, I'm like, I'm done with this shit. Like, that's... And that's important yeah. to me. Like, speaking and, and your throat chakra, you know, letting it go. Um, speaking your truth. Um, And, yeah, and it helped me. And also, like, finding things in life that made me happy. Mm. If you're constantly looking in the mirror, you've got time. I ain't got time for that anymore. So... Yeah, I try to find like joy outside of what I look like. Yeah. Yeah. So but what, now I love what I look like. I think I'm buff.
1: You look great. Look Maybe. at that. Custom, <laughs> custom dress, right? <laughs> custom, custom name, honey. <laughs> so what, what is your truth now then?
0: Um, my truth now is that every day I'm different. Every minute I'm different. We're cyclic beings, you know, we change, we grow, we evolve, we go backwards sometimes and I'm okay with that, that's my truth. Mm. My truth is that I don't know, everyone always says, what's next for you? I don't fucking know. Like that's my truth, I'm living in the moment for what is happening right now. Mm. I wanna travel, I wanna have babies, I wanna do certain things, but it's all gonna happen the way it's meant to happen. And I believe that the universe will provide. Um, and that is my truth.
1: Yeah, and I think, that, I think that what you said about not knowing or not planning to go ahead and just being more present, is so powerful that I've like been going through a whole non-attachment process at the minute oh, of like just not ke- like i am a little bit of a hoarder of stuff sometimes <laughs> so <I laughs> what rec- kind
0: of stuff are talking just
1: like stuff in my room like okay. clothes like just yeah. flyers from events ticket like just stuff that is needless that you don't need yeah but i just like feel bad throwing it away mm-hmm. but i recently moved um out of my flat into um gone back into my old bedroom in my parents house whole different story that's to free up some time later down the line um so the, the purpose behind that is that i want to do some traveling from january so i moved back into my parents to save money so i can do the traveling in january yeah. but what i realized was when i moved back into my old bedroom because soon i'd been out of it for like nearly five years i went back into my bedroom and all of my drawers and wardrobes were still full and i was like how like i haven't worn mm-hmm. any of this stuff for five years so i literally went through this process of like i emptied out all my wardrobe I brought all my stuff from my flat, literally chucked it all in bags in my room. And I went through every item one by one with my mum. I went, keep, throw away. I that,
2: can't do that. Like
1: Literally, it was the most like therapeutic thing. And I really thought, oh my God, I don't know if I can do this. I was really like panicking about it. I was like, I don't know if I can just mm. throw stuff away that I've had for years that might have a little meaning to me about something oh, like yeah, a yeah. t-shirt, Memories. I got an event or something. And even like leaving my flat, i thought i was gonna be really sad about it and in the end i was a bit like
2: yeah
1: i'm not that fussed but that was a good thing because mm. maybe a year ago i would have been like oh god i can't do this i'm gonna be so sad like crying leaving my room and i was yeah. like it's just it's a It's like
0: understanding what is actually important exactly but although honestly i think shoes are important i'm joking <laughs> but i love shopping and this yeah. is and i think i think there's a bit of give and take because Money and how we spend is directly or indirectly linked to trauma, yeah.
2: um,
0: and it's something that I've been like reading into and researching because um, I think that I'm like a professor, but I'm definitely not. And um, and how we view money is usually how we view ourselves and how mm-hmm. we, re- we view the world. So like the other day, I tweeted about this, and I said, to to be honest, I woke up, I had a really difficult emotional therapy session and the next morning i woke up and i could just feel heaviness and i was like fuck i'm gonna go on asos I spent 200 pounds and i'm a, and i'm a, so i'm aware of like when i'm shopping a emo- like out of my emotion or yeah. when i'm shopping because i really need something i want i deserve it um and for women i think especially especially plus size women so intrinsically linked to our identity yeah. like being able to step into your power and use clothes as a way to express and Um, for art do you know what I mean like makeup is art Um, so I definitely think about attachments to certain things but at the same time I'm like but I literally love clothes yeah it's so hard to find
1: get the balance the balance yeah Yeah. and you just said something interesting on how we spend money money. is how we think about ourselves yeah what do you mean by that
0: so you so, so obviously money's an energetic thing everything's energy um so often you will have issues with money if you look at your life as if you're lacking constantly Mm -hmm. um or you were raised in a household that said rich people are bad rich people are always posh they're stuck up and now as an adult you might have grown up with the belief that you don't deserve money so you never get it Mm. so there's definitely an energetic and link with your childhood experiences and how you look at money, because if you look at money abundantly, usually it becomes abundant. It's like anything, if you look at love abundantly, it becomes it, you know, you think certain things, they usually happen. Um, But I just, yeah, woke up one day and was like, I'm just gonna spend, and I thought, why have I done that? And then I realised that I needed to control something. Because in therapy, you often feel like you haven't got control, because you work with projections a lot in therapy. So you'll go in and you'll say something and he'll be like, that's a projection. But in your mind, it's real, it's happening, it's not. And then by the end of it, you're like, definitely it was a projection. But at the time, you don't realise. So in therapy, I often feel like um, my therapist knows more about me than I do and I'm not OK with that. Um, and then I feel like I'm losing control. So for me, spending money is a way that I can control. Oh,
1: that's It's interesting. very deep. Yeah. No, I like it, it. It's a I thing. Like thing. It. I like it. I might have to have a deep dive into why I spend Because I'm quite, like, I'm fairly relaxed with money. Mm-hmm. Like, don't get me wrong, I don't own loads of money, but <laughs>.
2: I'm, I'm fairly,
1: like, if I want to buy something, I'll buy it. Yeah. Like, and I'm never, like, oh, sh Sometimes I'll arm and on, depending on the price, but I, yeah. I also don't spend, like, more than 100 quid on anything. So, Where? like, clothes because just don't, <laughs> fortunately. Um, although I, I was about to I spend 120 quid before coming <laughs> in. <was like, laughs>
0: and I'm, like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, ASOS. Uber, delivery It's bad.
1: Yeah. but I'm, I'm, So my thing is, like, I don't mind spending money on something if I know I'm going to get something out of it. Yeah. So that would be, like, experience-based. So, like, the travelling thing, for example. Mm-hmm. I don't mind, you know, that's yeah. going to cost more than a few hundred quid, obviously. But I don't mind spending that money mm-hmm. or, like, booking a flight it's that might feed cost... feed your soul, isn't Exactly. It? Exactly. Whereas if it's, like... Like I said, I won't go out and buy a £200 jacket because I'm just, like, it's a jacket. I can buy a £40 one that looks the same. Yeah. And, and it's the think... same thing.
0: We often want to buy new, new, new because we want to be seen in new, new, new. Mm. And again, it comes from a place of validation and need. Like this, this morning, I was like, I really want to buy a new outfit for this um, job I've got next week. And I was like, Don't do it, Grace. Do it, Grace. Don't do it. Grace. <laughs> and then I really I was like, No, don't do it because you don't. I haven't got to wear new things yeah. all of the time. It's almost like a capitalist... I, honestly, there's
1: yeah. just a
2: lot going on. And also,
1: there? Is, is it like a thing as well? Is there like a pressure that comes with doing what you do in terms of, like, you know, girls, for example, if they go to a wedding and they yep. wear, like, a really nice pink dress, they won't be able to wear that at any other wedding because everyone's already seen the photos of them in... Yeah, is that similar for you? It's like you're, you're posting stuff about you, but also you're quite into your fashion and mm. that's part of what you do. So is it a thing of, like... I can't be seen in the same thing twice.
0: Yeah, it's so hard. But I've, I'm into fashion. I talk a lot about fashion, share photos. But I've definitely skewed my content because I was very aware that the planet is dying. Um, I didn't want to constantly be like buy this on Pretty Little Thing or mm. buy this on ASOS or whatever. So I try and show other content now. Um, but I just love fashion and um. I think it's important that we still enjoy things, even though we've got to be more conscious about our decisions, but I do think that it's important to feel joy in mm. whatever way that you feel it. Um, but yeah, there are some people that share a new outfit every single day. And yeah. I'm like, how the f- are you doing that? Um, Where'd do
1: you keep it all for a start? Like? Yeah,
0: cause my, I've got a like office space, mm. wardrobe slash beauty room, and I'm t- you can't see the floor right now. <laughs> I can't keep it tidy. It's just clothes strewn everywhere. Um, and I get sent a lot of free stuff anyway. I'm just very conscious about what I'm putting out there. I don't want people to think that to look good, you have to always buy new. You can recycle, you can get things made. So this is like um, an independent seller on Instagram. Yeah. Um, and I just said to her, like, I would love one of your dresses, like, less us mm. And she was like, yeah, it's amazing. So like, there's ways to, to do it. Yeah. Um, but I don't think we have to fight every fight, which is also a thing that I talk about. Like, when you are plus size, there's no sustainable brands that are reasonably priced and do larger sizes. Mm. So if I need to go on a it's a pretty little thing. I absolutely will. So, like, I'm not fighting all of the fights. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. fighting the stuff on eating disorders and... Um, body positivity and sex and trauma and whatever, but I'm not going to fight every fight that needs to be fought. I'm literally one person. Mm. So um, that's also important.
1: Yeah. I think, and knowing what the battles to face as well, like you said. Yeah.
0: I used to try and tweet about everything, like natural disaster here or this happening here. And I felt so low because I just had no energy for myself. Mm. So... You no know, i do like retweets and stuff but i do think that it's important to sort of like what you're passionate about do that as your work you haven't got to know about every single thing that's going on in the world yeah you know it's not you can't win or fight every battle
1: yeah it's true and i think it can become a burden as well the more you try to take on of like yeah. different things and trying to show support for this and that you're just burdening yourself with, and it sounds bad but you are like bringing it in the energy into yourself yeah to then the message to other people instead of being like actually these are the three things that I'm most passionate about, let me just stay with these. Yeah. Like I couldn't care less about Brexit. I'm gonna I, I don't wanna go into a Brexit oh
2: conversation. My but I'm so God.
1: unengaged with politics, like it really yeah. unbothers me. That so I, do, I don't even like take it doesn't even come into my yeah. brain that like, I don't even know what the state of politics is And in. I I'm feel smart.
0: I get I get guilt though, like I yeah. should probably know about that. Yeah, I do but I'm just like I don't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah, 100% Good. I'm the same, yeah
1: fuck Brexit <laughs> <laughs> so on next week's uh, politics podcast um, but so, so a few times you've mentioned already about energies and yeah. how everything is energy and I know you're like big into your crystals
2: um,
1: yeah. so let's go into that tell me about yeah. the crystals do you do crystal healing or have you done crystal healing. healing
0: yeah so always been quite I hate the word spiritual but spiritual my mum would teach me things and say things when I was younger and this is in my book so i'm just gonna say it but i used to talk to my mum calls them imaginary friends they definitely weren't they were definitely spirits but cool mum um and so i always knew that there was just some things that you can't always see with like your your human eyes um and you just i just feel certain things and a few years ago i got really into astrology yeah and i was like oh i'm a virgo so reading about Virgo and then my moon sign, and it just sort of went on and on from there. And I've got two best mates in America who are very awake, I want to say, and America's a lot more forward with everything. If it, okay, not everything.
2: <laughs>
0: <clears> Take <throat> <Turn> that back. <laughs> Cut that out. Um, with a lot of things like that in terms of like plus size fashion and spirituality and holistic healing and stuff. And they were like, oh, you should look into chakras. And when I hear words that I like, I just start Googling stuff. Mm. Turns out that opened up a whole world. I was like, energy points, and I said, what? So I started researching that, and then I read a book called A Return to Love. Mm. And that was like a catapulted me through the universe, (laughs) into space, and back down. And that was what I would say is like my spiritual awakening. Yeah. Um, I was very, very depressed like two years ago, and, that I think that's a sign of a spiritual awakening. When you feel low and you can't, I couldn't pinpoint what was going on. I had, I was with my ex-boyfriend and I was looking at him thinking, this isn't working. Looking at my career, this isn't working. Just everything fell off for mm. me. And I went on this journey to like discover who I was and got a clue still, um, what I liked and like what, how did we get here? And I just started Googling stuff. And I don't know what happened, but something just shifted. And I felt so um, alive. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, oh, I've just woken up to a whole heap of stuff. Um, yeah, and then I got into crystals. Um, I, never, I was never big into, like, medication. And I always knew that I was never ill as a kid. I never had anything wrong with me. I was never in the doctor's or hospital. Um, and I thought, why is that? Why am I never ill? My sister's always physically ill. Mm-hmm. For me, it was always mental stuff and i was looking into like illnesses and how sometimes like your trauma can play out with in your body and how we're all like just this one thing i was like, we've got a soul we've got oh my god this is amazing just got really into it um and then i came off the pill i think a few years ago there was a lot of articles about the pill and what it was doing to us mm-hmm. and we weren't really sure about it and i was like oh fuck that i'm coming off it yeah so i came off the pill I was having regular periods. It was Everything was fine. And then basically, I started bleeding heavily for months. Hospital, doctor, no one could tell me what was going on. And they were like, We think you've got um, polycystic ovaries. And I was like, Oh, no, babes. Like, that's no. Did tests. And they were like, No, we have, we, we've got no idea why this is happening. And I was wow. like, I think this is my trauma. Mm. And my doctor was like, What are you talking about? And I was like, I think that because I'm going to therapy and I'm healing, my, my soul, my physical body is having to do something to get rid like of it. Flash it out Yeah, me. and she was like, you know what doctors are like, mm, I'm not really sure that's a thing. And I was like, it's a thing. <laughs> um, and I started researching like wombs and yeah. how women, um, obviously we're cyclic beings and what our wombs can do and all this stuff. And I, I basically, it just changed my life and I, I realised that I was living life very one-dimensional when there was a different way that you could live and you could find magic and everything. And a lot of people think it's really, like, doodah and, like, hippie. Mm. But for me, I don't think I'd be the person that I am if I didn't have it. Um, And just looking at life in a more holistic way, and I think that, you know, women have been silenced for so long in terms of periods, in terms of bodies, in terms of food, sex, whatever and looking at life a different way and having experiences that I was having at, like, women's circles and and things like that and reading what I was reading, something just shifted in me and I think I just, like, awoke to, like, my divine power.
2: Yeah.
0: And I fucking love crystals. I do.
1: So what do the crystals add to that for you?
0: So... (laughs) It depends what crystal it is. So, obviously... I mean do people even crystals here is anyone is anyone into okay 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 oh, okay see see a few years ago i be like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> yeah. so they I'm have healing the room. <laughs> yeah so they're like from the earth so they're natural and they've just got healing properties um so you can use like amethyst or clear quartz or whatever um but i gravitate towards citrine quite a lot and citrine to me is like a paracetamol if i've got a headache Put a citrine on, and honestly, 10 minutes done. Yeah. heavy periods, citrine, um, and then essential oils. Obviously, like I love using those. And you know, you know how some people turn to like paracetamol or like a cup of tea? I turn to lemon balm oil and amethyst, and that's just the way it is. And it helps me, even if it's like, um, what's that saying? Like, if you think you're gonna it's going to help you it does what is that called
1: Oh, um,
0: placebo placebo. placebo even if it's that I don't care because it works Yeah. Um, and I just just changed my life Mm. that's literally it and it's so hard to talk about because it's so like it's so true and it's like a knowing that I just know but a lot of people don't get it but that's that's what it is for me
1: yeah I think a lot of it is down to and I'm not massively into crystals you should be I know (laughs) I know trust me I've been told millions of times but the, re- the reason I'm not is because it's another thing of like, I haven't really got time to start investing and in trying to discover all this stuff. Yeah. However, um, what I was gonna say is, I think the, the reason why people discredit it, so I've got friends who are just like, nah, it's all bollocks. It's just like, it's a rock, how can it? But I think what we forget is that there are energies in the crystals, which is obviously why they do what they do. But yeah there's energy all around us and the best way that i can describe it and i've described it a few times like this is two ways is if we were trees for example right have you heard about the the wood wide web so <laughs> like, <laughs> this is so they recently <laughs> discovered right that trees yeah work. well tree
0: okay i'm gonna go there but trees definitely speak to me
1: okay but they're,
0: they're, they're spirit guides for me yeah i'm just saying i'm not okay, crazy we'll about come, it back, to that. We'll come
1: okay. back to that okay i got noted um but what i was gonna say is like so trees work together so we used to think that trees are individual, they have their own roots, they, they drink their own water. But if there's like a group of trees in a place and one of the trees is being less nourished than the others, the other trees will work together to then feed that tree. And this is just stuff that we, we will never figure out how those trees know that because it's the energies that they're combined with that they use to pull together to help and that And their own tree. little
0: tree language.
1: Exactly. And the other way to describe it is we're all having this experience now as humans. We're you know, bodies of energy and matter or whatever. Yeah. But if we were dogs right now in this room, our experience of this exact same room would be totally different because we would be engaging in the room through our smell, through our sight differently. Mm. So just because we can't see and experience these things doesn't mean they don't exist. Like, they're there. It's just we we don't really understand how to fully take them on. And I think that's the thing with crystals is we don't... still probably don't fully know how to, like, take the energy on from the crystals, but they have that power within them.
0: Well, it's all perception. Yeah. So, like, I've trained to be a counsellor. And on the first course that I did, I was looking at memory and how we could have have the same childhood, the same parents, be in the same room, and we would see things completely differently. So, like, memory is a perception. How you remember things isn't always how they play out. Um, I think that's the same with, like, people's perception of what can heal them and what can help them. I just believe (laughs) that a rock can help me. I genuinely do. Um, I think it's... I don't know, like... When you're an adult, life is hard mm. and you got to pay bills until you die. And I've got to do my washing and I've got to mop the floors until I die. If I want to believe in a little bit of magic, I am. Yeah. And that's how I see it.
1: Yeah. So talk to me about the trees. How, do they, how are the trees your spirit guides?
0: <laughs> people think I'm crazy. So the same way people love dogs, I love nature. I'm a Virgo. I'm an earth sign. So I like earthy. I like being in mud, basic, well, I don't like being in mud, but like that kind of c- con- consistency yeah. I like. Um, and <laughs> there's a, this is so wild. There's a tree outside my, my bedroom um, balcony doors. And some days I look at it and just think, this is, you're just amazing. And I feel like when it like blows in the wind, it's just, it really relaxes me. Mm. And like, I feel like it's always saying, just be gentle, calm down. Cause I'm always like here, there and everywhere. And I have a, um, a spiritual healer called Amber, my friend, um, and I see her mum a lot because her mum's also a healer. And she said, I keep getting this vision of trees, mm. and I'm like, I know it. And they, and they, you know, you see, you see sounds, you see signs everywhere you go, and I just find signs in nature. Mm. Unless, when they, when, people say go and hug a tree, back on the day I'll be like, sharp. But that, act, when you go and hug a tree, I feel enriched.
1: Yeah. No there is, because again there's energies that come from yeah. them and it's, it's, a, it's a way to ground yourself yeah. and like, I, I get that experience through the sunset, that really oh brings God. it out in me and stars, when I can see stars, you are literally okay, see Okay, I've got like to tell your story, Looking up, I've
0: got to tell your story, so if anyone knows me in this room, as far as my Instagram account, I'm very in love and my boyfriend is literally like, he's unreal, he's unbelievable. And when we first met, so when we first met, I knew within two seconds I was going to marry him. I knew straight away. I knew it. And um, we were, we started dating and we were out one day and we came back really late at night and we was get out of my car. And I said, so what do you think about me then? Like, what am I to you? You know, that question everyone, what am I to you? And we looked up, and he goes, "What am I? What are you to me?" We looked up, and we saw a shooting star. No. And he goes, "That's what you mean to me." And I was like, "Okay, yeah, we saw a shooting star." Sick. Literally, that's how you I, know. you have
1: never seen one. You know. Yeah, it was.
0: It was literally like, I thought. I thought that when shooting stars were like gonna come, we're told about it. Mm. We're not told about them. They happen no, all the time, apparently.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. It was literally two seconds, and I thought. Did you just see that? Because you know when you're like, did I just imagine that? And he goes, yeah, that's that. So we, yeah, we saw a shooting stars. Yeah.
1: All <coughs> so, right. So tell me about this love, this love thing. <laughs> okay. Because this very much interests me. Because when we first met it was at the start of this year, and I think you'd only j- just been dating for like maybe
0: a couple few of months. months. Yeah.
1: And you were like, you said exactly the same thing. You're did like, I? I met him, and I knew straight away I was going to marry him. Uh, like, I did it. So. No, it's cool. Like, I think you should feel like that with someone. Like, yeah. If someone brings that joy out in you, then yeah, cool. This is new, though. So why? Tell me.
0: So where was me? I had a very difficult childhood. My dad was horrific. So my early attachment with men was just... Re- I didn't have attachment to anyone, really. Um, so growing up was always in toxic relationships that were codependent or a um, relationship that I could control and manipulate to suit me, subconsciously I didn't know I was doing it, but to keep myself safe I needed to be to, to know what was happening when it was going to happen, I needed to feel that control, I wasn't controlling but from an attachment point of view it was that kind of uh, anxious attachment type vibe um, and anyway I had this spiritual awakening and I thought I've got to dump like, my boyfriends, I can't do this anymore and I was in Jamaica <clears throat> on in the sea, crying, dramatic. and I, I had my crystals, and I was like, this in the sea. God, if you can hear me, <laughs> I was like, I need this to end. And then I got back, five days over. Yeah.
2: Thank
0: you. So that happened. It was difficult. It was hard. I was single. I was back in therapy. I was working on myself. And I re- and I remember reading about love and how love isn't. Um, is not love is patient, love is kind, all of this stuff. And I was like, hmm, I've never felt that kind of love before. That's interesting. And over the the months that I was single and doing deep healing, I was, oh, my God, I cried every day. I remember, I recognised that a lot of my life, I'd worried about how I was going to be loved and not how I was going to love someone.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. And I had this massive internal shift. And I was like, okay, I'm not gonna think about how I'm gonna be loved. I'm gonna think about how I want to love someone because I'd been in long-term relationships most of my life, but never truly knew how to love um, or be loved. But yeah, I think I was a very difficult girlfriend for a lot of my previous partners. I'm just gonna put it out there. Um, Good ownership. Yep, accountability. And so I started doing love letters to my future husband, which I know is so cringe. But I liked writing to the universe or to, like, my future boyfriends or whatever. So I had different journals. And journaling was really helping me to understand what was going on. So I had one to, to God, one for him, and then one for, like, myself. And I was just writing letters, like, going through this today. I'm hoping it's going to help when we're together, just honestly. Thinking about it, saying it out loud is wild. But that, it was really helping me. So I was single, ready to mingle, whatever, feeling myself. <laughs> um, went on Tinder and Bumble. Tinder, awful, just awful. Went on Bumble and matched with this boy called Lee. And I was like, oh, his name's Lee? He's mixed race, he's Jamaican, called Lee, he's lying. So I thought he'd, he was lying about his name. He wasn't. So I remember talking to my nail lady, I was in the nail bar going, I met this guy called Leon Bumble, but I think he's lying to like his name. He doesn't look like a Lee, he's like a Dean. Um, and all this stuff. Anyway, we matched, we exchanged numbers, and he called me, and that's it, I knew. Yeah. I literally heard his voice, and it was like my soul could breathe again. Mm. And I was like, I manifested this. And then after a few months, we're dating, we were together, whatever... He said, I think I manifested you. And he was doing the same thing. He's a musician, he was writing music, telling his friends the kind of guy he wanted to be with, and it just happened to be me. Um, And we're learning to love together, but he's been in therapy before. He's had an amazing childhood, completely different to mine, which I think balances us out. And he is just me with a penis. (laughs) And um, he's a Pisces, he's very emotionally intelligent watery just like romantic and dreamy and I'm like the stern Virgo and we just work but I think I was ready to be loved ready to love and I was very open for whatever me and him were going to be but mm. I secretly knew that we were going to marry each other
1: yeah does he And that's it.
0: Know. He absolutely yeah. knows that. He knows what ring I want. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no pressure. No pressure.
0: <laughs> and he's just the best man.
1: Yeah.
0: Like periods. I could not think of anyone else I'd rather do life with. He's just the best. I think I had to go through all the stuff with other men and be in therapy to be with him. And it hasn't been easy. I think that people see how happy I am and what we're like and think that, oh, you know, it's just easy. It's not, it's still work and it's still hard some days, but the difference is you show up and you communicate Mm. and you're there, even on the down days, even when you're triggered and you're arguing and things aren't great like he shows up for me and I've never had that before um and he's just the best and I think that I think people can see where I've come from I started youtube when I was 21 which is wild I'm 29 now and they've seen like previous boyfriends have seen when I've been so severely depressed when I've been very very thin they've seen everything and I think people can actually see like true happiness Mm. and that's why I share what I do so people can be like okay I can actually be happy because when I was growing up I don't think I ever saw true happiness. Yeah. So I try and, you know, do that for other people and also for my children. I want my children to have like a really well confident mum so they're able to go through life with the foundations that I didn't have.
1: Yeah. And is does putting the relationship out there through social media, does that add like a layer of pressure to the relationship? Not or are at you all. both just like Meh.
0: I mean, he he's out there, but he's not out there. Mm. So we'll do, like, Insta- he likes posing. He's a good-looking boy. So I like to pose with him. And I get more likes with photos with him <laughs> in. <laughs> so we do Instagram photos together. He's in a few vlogs. But he's not a part of my career, like content-wise, at all, mm. really. I want him to be in stuff more. But we I don't actually feel any pressure with him, like... We're multifaceted humans, right and I think a lot of the time relationships break down because you want someone to be a certain way at certain times and he allows me to be moody or in my inner child or crying for no reason, or sat on the sofa half naked eating galaxy chocolate like he allows me to be every version of me like yeah. the other day was like you're such a beautiful mess. because he allows me to be like a mess sometimes Mm. and then other days I look like this and then he was like yeah that's why I'm with you (laughs) because you look like that sometimes so yeah like he allows me to be and vice versa yeah so yeah it's just great honestly and I think people need to talk about love more yeah because it's the most basic human need and I was so against it like I don't need no man I don't need anyone I'm like this independent woman and I like being in love and I like having someone and being with someone and I think that humans should talk about that more because, you know, I think it's very vulnerable to Mm. put yourself in that position and put yourself out there and be like, hey, like, I'm really in love with someone. Mm. People don't talk about it as much as they should.
1: Yeah, but I think it's also a dangerous game in the sense of, like, what we don't want is people seeking their own... Validation and happiness in another person. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to have that not completed in yourself, but you have to be comfortable with that within yourself before you can then share that with someone else. Because it's not, you know, two half circles coming together to make a full circle, it's two circles coming together to share their experiences, share their happiness, share their joy. And that sounds like what you guys are experiencing, which is great.
2: Yeah.
0: I think it's important to like your life just very basically Mm. and like not have the most amazing things happening, but still being able to find joy in the mundane. Like I did a blog post about my boyfriend and I mentioned that it's sometimes mundane, but it's still never boring. Yeah. Like you come home from work, like you give each other a kiss, I take off my bra, he kicks off his shoes and we sit down. Like it's very mundane and can be quite routine, but like it's better doing it together. Yeah. But you have to learn to be apart and, and be in that void of like nothingness and then fill up on other things. Yeah. I think you do need to sit in the emptiness for a yeah, while. Yeah, because
1: it can't just be like good time, good time, good time, good time because it's just not no. that's just not like But my
0: boyfriend's like that. He he is oh my <laughs> god. So like I'm very um realistic, responsible. Like we've got responsibilities. We've got to do this. He wants to go out and go to the bar and go to bowling and cinema every single day. And I'm like got to clean the carpets we've got to do this yeah. he's like really and i'm like yes so you we do have that balance um but yeah it's amazing
2: yeah
0: it's amazing and i think that we should talk about it more like love is great
1: we should you're right
0: but yeah. it's hard to accept it though if you're not loose to being loved it's wild like i self-sabotaged <laughs> a lot Well, i sense? tried to oh god we're going oh <laughs>
2: Um, Are you brought it up?
0: <laughs> just in a subconscious way sometimes, like, I'd cause an argument as a reason for us to break up. Mm. And he'd be like, but I'm not going anywhere. I'd be like, fuck. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of self-sabotaging or, like, wanting to run away. Mm. And he has admitted to me before that he's had times where he's wanted to run because it's a lot. When you meet the person you want to be with for, like, the rest of your life, that is a lot, because you're like, the rest of my life, that's another 50 years. Um, Yeah, I self-sabotage. I Mm. I think we do it in different ways. Um, And mine was definitely like wanting to argue or like wanting to run, like trying to put my guard back up because I felt like I was too open. Um, But now it's like settled and you settle into each other and you like sink and you keep sinking. Mm. (sighs) So yeah. But I think it's part of healing. Yeah. You can't really heal without a bit of love.
1: This is very true, it's the opposites and you need them to coexist together.
2: Yeah,
1: 100%. So I think this is a good point to take any questions. So there is a microphone that is at the back that Geraldine has, so if you have a question, feel free to pop your hand up and just wait for the microphone, please. Do we have any questions? We've got one at the front, thank you. Name, oh. age, no, I'm joking. Name, name, name and question, please.
3: <laughs> is it on yet? Yeah? Yeah. It is on. Um, I just wanted to ask. Um, a lot of, often, like phrases like trauma and healing are thrown like, around a lot, but they're not kind of like defined mm-hmm. very well. And I like have my own understanding, but I don't know. I'm just wondering if you could give me like a kind of, like, a definition. Just to talk about trauma, tra- tra- trauma and healing. Like, what, okay. what is your conception? So of trauma
0: like? is any event that you weren't expecting or that you had no capacity to process at the time. So it can be like war and witnessing like a murder or a death. It can be a car accident, unexpected. I think it's called adversity, another term for it. Um, Or it could be sexual assault. Um, It's an event that you deem to be traumatic. So my trauma might've happened to you, but you didn't find it traumatic at all. So it's defined individually um, and it's how the individual person experiences it. Um, So it's usually no escape, and no process of not being able to talk about it is usually what trauma is and healing hmm, (laughs) processing your trauma um and integrating your wounds into your present moment so if you think about trauma and pain a lot of it isn't actually happening right now it's what's happened years ago or a few weeks ago um so healing i would say is processing it um and I think that you can heal in different ways so um so for some people it's c b t other people it's trans analytic therapy, um which is what I have, and um there's lots of different ways counselling talk therapy um other people like more physical therapy there's um eye therapy, which i've not have you done that before so like no, um I, heard of it. I think it's called e d e m yes. Yeah. yes. Knowledge. Um yeah there's those different ways and for some people it's like women's circles if they don't want to go to therapy so there's different ways to heal but that's kind of the is premise
3: it's it like so trauma basically at that time affects your like mind conditioning in a certain way it's mm. from that event that you your perspective yeah. changes yeah.
0: so trauma can affect um it changes your brain pattern so it can affect uh memory it can um, affect your sensory responses, it can affect pretty much every aspect of your life, um, and a lot of it is subconscious. Mm. That's why therapy I'm a, a massive advocate for it because you are able to go into your subconscious safely with someone that knows how to do that and handle it, and then bring things into your awareness. Because unless you know about it, you can't usually heal it. Yeah, Does that makes sense.
3: So it's, it's kind of like changing the kind of conditioning that. Happened during the trauma, yeah. And processing the emotions of the yeah. Yeah. I think
1: like for me, I on top of what Grace has already said, I would say like three things I always talk about, and I think the healing process incorporates this as well. Is recognize, accept, grow, and I think the healing process is recognizing what the trauma is. So via you've figured it out yourself, or you've gone to a therapy or a therapist or something like that, and you've recognized it via that. The accepting part is learning to understand. What that was, how to accept it and almost let go of it, and then once you've done that, you're then able to grow off of the back of it. And I think those three things for me is probably what I'd say that healing process. And that's how it has been personally. Like that process is like mm-hmm. my healing process is like recognize the thing, learn to deal with it, accept it, and just almost try to let it go. And, and it comes in waves. It. Yeah. Is, is it right to ask more questions? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah.
3: Right. Yeah. So obviously like a lot of well um, right, personal looks like self-help like practitioners and you know like katie Bar and everyone like they talk about like stepping back like behind the thought so i w- would you not think like in that kind of way you kind of jump ahead of your your like healing because you like she basically i don't think katie Barr for example she did any healing basically she said she kind of went from depressed to this kind of like observer watching kind of a state and so like if so basically if you could like step back be behind all of this like mental conditioning mm. and live from that space then is is healing like did you see what I mean that like is healing kind of necessary was that a part of healing
1: I think that's I think what you're saying there is like that aspect of you're saying stepping back is like almost like taking a literally step back, but like seeing things for what they are and just understanding about a thought and an emotion will come together. So I might have a thought about something that happened last week and the emotion that might come up with that might be a good one, might be a bad one. So every thought that we generate will bring an emotion with it and it's when we then attach ourselves to that feeling that we're having around that thought and we start to create more thoughts around that thing and more feelings around that thing we're creating more of that experience rather than understanding that a thought that we have comes with a feeling and then right behind that is another thought that's going to come totally randomly which would be another thought with another feeling but as humans what we do is we and I always use like a metaphor of like we throw the initial thought and feeling that we want to cling on to because we want to feel that feeling and go through it again we throw it into like a hypothetical washing machine and just let it like go round and round and round and round instead of actually recognising that this is just a the thought and feeling I'm having right now and in the next moment, there's gonna be another one that comes along which is totally different because that's how our minds work. We just generate random thoughts at any given time. But I think when we do attach ourselves to something and more often than not it is the negatives unfortunately that we do attach ourselves to, that's when we need to go through that healing process of understanding why we do that to that particular feeling and that particular thought. Okay. So the stepping back is like, seeing that actually that is what but i'm doing, doing that
0: stepping back is actually it's very difficult it's very hard i don't think i i think after therapy i might do that like i journal but i think when you're actually in it and you're going through it taking a step back is is a lot easier said than done like it's, that's really yeah. hard. I think the part of healing is actually going through. the only way out is through a lot of the time. So you can try and take a step back as much as you want, but you've still got to feel the shit mm. to go through it. Mm. So I'm all about feeling. Like we as humans don't like feeling. We're scared of like feeling sadness or desperation or frustration. You feel it until you haven't got to feel it anymore, and you won't not want it, you have to keep feeling that feeling until you feel it. Once you feel it, it's like, oh, it's not that bad. It's never as bad as you think it's going to be. Mm. Like, I push against crying all the time. And then when I cry, I'm like, that was the best cry ever. <laughs> sometimes you just have to let it yeah. flow. Yeah. yeah, it's
3: true. No, I know it's... I'm going to move on, obviously. But I just... I find that, sometimes find it, like, confusing. Because on the one level, like, your thoughts create your emotions. Yeah. So if you are able to sort of step back, you don't actually necessarily need to go on okay, to got an emotional steps. I've yeah.
0: got a, a tip for you. So we do think a lot but a lot of our thoughts don't actually mean a lot Mm -hmm. a lot of our thoughts like you can be driving and think i wonder what it's like just to crash like you think of wild things sometimes like open water i think i wonder what it'd be like just to jump in like you just think random thoughts and i think that that's why we sometimes become very unwell and struggle with anxiety because we are a slave to our brain all the time right but grounding techniques really help. Like if you just sit mm. sit with yourself for five minutes, throw your feet on the ground, like hear like the train going by or like the pit patter of a dog or whatever, and just ground yourself for a moment, those thoughts will literally flutter away or you'll realise that it's just the thought. Um, and I don't think it's, I don't tend to listen to thoughts that aren't kind. Mm. That's usually your ego talking or something that's wounded. Yeah. Even if it's like you need to be held accountable or you're being quite toxic, that can come through very kind if it's, you know, a thought that needs your attention. Mm. Um, We often think, we think a lot, we think too much, it's important to feel. If you actually feel where the pain's coming from, what's actually happening, it's easier to process. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Kind of, yeah. Sorry. Sometimes it's not helpful, is it? No. You're just giving that advice all the time. I'm aware of that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I often
3: find myself confused because you get, like, so many... I don't know you want to on. Like, you get so many different...
0: Don't listen to anyone, then. If you're confused by people, yeah. listen you to have yourself. You find what works like, for you. No one will tell you what you need to know other than your own intuition. Yeah. And you'll
1: always know what the thing is that works best for you. So, like, yeah. I'm a massive advocate of meditation, as you guys probably already gathered. But, like, that helped me to go through that process of recognising thinking because... When you're meditating you're not trying to get rid of thoughts you're sitting with your thoughts and you soon realize all of the random stuff that just generates and pops up and then you bring yourself back to the breath and then more random stuff pops up bring yourself back to the breath and that works for me whereas like grace might have something totally different that works. so it's yeah. about finding the thing that not only you enjoy but works for you as well yeah,
3: yeah. I, mean, I think meditation helps with your awareness everything happens and that kind of helps your ability to
1: step back and observe and walk back. yeah we've really so. okay. <laughs> <laughs> we got, we got a question on the other side Just thanks for your openness. I really appreciate it tonight. Um, in a child. So, was there any practical stuff that you did in therapy around inner child? Because, well, do you mean? like you mentioned about writing letters and things like that. Oh, vi- my God. Visualizations. <sighs> okay. So yeah. I wonder whether there was anything you did for your inner child in your therapy. Yeah.
0: So, one. That's a good question, by the way. One task that I found incredibly raw was. Looking So in therapy, there's a chair or there's like a bed next to wherever you're sat. My therapist told me, he said, like, visualise your inner child next to you and what do you need to say to her? Oh, my <laughs> God. I was like, <laughs> couldn't breathe. Um, that's a really good one because a lot of the time... So for me, everyone's different, but my anxiety and my need to control um, and the the scared person is my inner child. And um, she's often thought that when I meet a guy, because of previous stuff, that I am going to lose myself and forget about her when I meet someone. So when I met my boyfriend, that was this fear that I was, that she was having, was that you're going to lose your power if you allow yourself to love someone. It's, gonna, it's quite a vulnerable state to be in. So I had to look at her. Hi, and I had to talk to her. That was really, really amazing. Um, and writing letters to mm. her as well has helped.
1: So, did you do the talking physically? So, like, yeah, I
0: had to say it out loud. Okay. How wild that is! I thought I was crazy. Hmm. Um, and that really, really helped. And I think people always say, "How do I connect to my inner child?" One thing is doing things that you did as a kid. So, I would say for six months. Um, I was just painting I can't I cannot paint or draw but I was just constantly painting because that was the way that my inner child wanted to be seen um, dancing uh, play like just doing really childlike things which I think when you're an adult and you've got to go to work and you've got bills to pay and you've got kids it's really hard to, to do that I think it's really important because our inner child is in every single one of us. Mm. Um, but they've usually been silenced or forgotten about because you're ashamed of that person or what they experienced. So, yeah, there's two good tasks. Letter and talk to them.
1: I like the talking idea. Yeah, Sounds it's
0: great. wild. Did you, write, did you
1: write the letter with your opposite hand in it? So it's like childlike? No, I did <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah, that's one way of doing it.
0: Yeah. No, I wrote it. Because
1: it brings you back to your shoulder while looking yeah. at it. Your... Yeah.
0: Oh my God, I might try that. Okay. Sick idea. Cool. Nice. Have
1: we got any other questions? Or one
2: more. Yeah. Hi.
0: Hi. Um, how do you deal with talking about trauma and the real life things that you're going through, as well as influencing and things that brands want you to say? <sighs> oh dear. Okay. So, I think I'm very lucky that I work with brands that sort of get it. So I do a lot of work with Always, which is around period poverty. And obviously I talk about periods a lot. So That sort of aligns with that. Um, And I think brands are very aware. Okay, back in the day, um, brands didn't get me, I don't think. They wanted the typical like put together, sort of like Chanel wearing, um, posh influencer. Like that's not gonna be me. and I think in the beginning, I really struggled with like finding my feet, who I want to work with, where I want to go. And I remember like in 2013, you just couldn't swear. Brands hated you if you swore, and I'm a big swearer. So I had to stop swearing for a while, um, which I would never do now. So I think I struggled in the beginning. But back then, you didn't actually make a lot of money. So I was making £70 a month, really. It wasn't um, a lot, it wasn't a full-time thing. But now, I think brands are aware of, like, authentic voices and people have different experiences. So I don't really... I wouldn't want to work with a brand that didn't like me for me and what I'd experienced and what I've been through. Um, There are certain things that I wouldn't talk about a lot. So, like, I don't talk about sexual assault a lot online, even though I've experienced that. I just don't think it's a safe way to do it. Um, So certain things that I don't talk about, but... um, I just don't really care. (laughs) I just, I think if a brand wants to work with me, they work with Grace as the whole person. Um, And I have a lot of stuff to say. And luckily there are brands that don't mind or like it, Um, but it is hard. And there's definitely, I've definitely had offers from brands that have been like 20 grand for the most ridiculous thing. And I'm like, I would love, love to say yes, but I can't. It goes against my morals. It goes against Mm. what I believe in. Um, and my followers will be like, what What are you doing? So, I just try and like stick to what I know, and work with brands that appreciate what I do. And luckily, we're at a time now where the focus of content is shifting. It used to be about looking pretty on like the street in an outfit or putting on like a Mac lipstick. Whereas now, a lot of the campaigns that I get are around like sex positivity or working with young people. Um, Periods, body image, and that's obviously where I flourish. So I think I'm in a good position, but it has... I mean, like, three years ago, I wasn't making any money. Mm. I was seeing bloggers hashtag ad, and I was like, I'm sorry, what's a hashtag ad? (laughs) Because I wasn't getting no money. And then now, like, obviously things have shifted. Yeah. Um, And I definitely like milk it. I know that I'm a token plus size girl or the token ethnic one. And I'm like, I'm taking that check, but I know. I've got my eyes on you. So. And, you know, I'll have words with people. So you do have to find that balance of like, not, work, not going where you're not wanted or appreciated, but also like, I have bills to pay. Mm. So it is difficult, but I'm very open about that online. Like, you know, I'm not afraid to talk about that kind of mm. stuff. Yeah. To that ask you question? I often ramble, I need to shut up.
1: No, it's good. It's good rambling though. Uh, anyone else got a question? No. That's cool. Um, cool. Well, I've got a final few questions for you. Oh. Unfortunately. <laughs> um, so, first one is, if we could go back in time. Yeah. And we could speak to a younger Grace. Oh, my.
2: Yeah, goodness.
1: I love this question. Um, oh. What three bits of advice would you give to yourself to start doing from that moment? What do you mean? Like, if you could... Like, um,
0: stop doing this or start doing this type of thing? Yeah. Okay. To take on
1: board from that very moment.
0: Okay. Stop plucking your eyebrows, <laughs> because my eyebrows, I'm sorry, wow, that's what I'd say. Stop plucking your eyebrows. Um, do not give up dancing. I gave up dancing when I was 18, because my dance teacher said that I needed to lose more weight for, to get into dance school, and I was literally starving myself. So I would say keep dancing, like don't give up. I haven't got, it's not a regret, but I think that my childhood self needed that. Um, To keep dancing, and three, you're absolutely beautiful the way you are. You haven't got to change. I think that's what I'd say to her. Nice. Oh my. Sure,
1: she'd appreciate it. I know. Um, And then, second to last question. Yeah. Obviously, Dreamers Disease, name of the podcast. What would be your definition of Dreamers Disease?
0: Grit. So, I don't think you need to have. Okay, this is a bit wild to say. I didn't go to university. I wasn't particularly academic. I don't think that you need all the avenues that you're told to, that you need to have as a kid, um, it's grit. Like, I think self-belief gets you places nothing else t- can. I don't, I'm not great at editing videos. I don't make the best content on Instagram. Like, I'm not that great, but I'm also great, if that makes sense. Mm. And I think that I've got my foot in the door and I've got things because I have a lot of self-belief. Um, and that's what dreamers disease is to me, is like knowing who you are with conviction and not taking like no for an answer um, and loving yourself enough to show yourself. Like in any meeting, I will absolutely boss it. Like I, in, when I get a job for, I'm like, let's go and meet them for breakfast because I know that when they meet me, they'll love me. And they always do. Yeah. So like, I know I'm gritty and I have a lot of self-belief. And I think that we, when you get older and you become an adult, you forget to dream because you've got responsibilities, you've got things to pay for and you can't do that because you've got that outgoing and you've got to pay your car off, and all that kind of stuff. But like sometimes like a little dreaming can get you to the next stage, Like just having that like vision board or just that like little belief and just that dream that can just grow and grow and grow. Um, and that's what it is to me, yeah. I think, self-belief. You can be talented and not do anything with your life yeah. because you don't believe in yourself. Yeah. So, yeah, grit. <laughs> gritty, I like gritty. I like that, that's
1: good. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, I think that's very true as well because, like, if you don't... I mean, sometimes you can you can lack the belief, but you have to push through it sometimes as well to just yeah. keep going, to show yourself, actually, I should be believing in this thing or in myself or in what I'm trying to do. Because yeah. that's, that, that's the hardest moment when you just think... I can't be fucking this anymore. And you've got
0: to celebrate yourself, mm. like the smallest thing. Like my friends say, oh, I got this, um, this campaign come through or my, Alice, my art is here. I'm like, you've got to celebrate then. Mm. You have to celebrate the smallest things. Like I celebrate everything, everything. Because life is hard enough. Like have a party every now and then, do you know what yeah. I mean? Like you need to ha- have fun. So, yeah, celebrate yourself. That's a massive thing. And I realise that you're the actual shit. Yeah. Like, a lot of us are like, oh, it's this really great thing. Like, it's, it's kind of small, but no, fucking scream it. Mm. Like, you are the fucking shit. Like, just say it. <laughs> and I love people that just say it. Like, obviously, like, you have to believe it, though, as yeah, well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Otherwise, it's not going to help you. But you have to really know that you're amazing.
2: Yeah.
0: Simply... But by being you, you haven't got to have a flamboyant career or a million followers on Instagram or whatever it is. But, you know, you're here, you're alive and you're meant to be here. You've got a purpose. Um, And I think more people should believe in that.
1: Yeah, for sure. What does happiness mean to
0: you? Oh, for fuck's sake. What kind of questions are these? (laughs) What does happiness mean to me? Oh, my God. Um, uh, What does happiness i think happiness is um me living my truth without performing i think that when you're in the public eye um your your per- people's have different perceptions of you and different stereotypes and i think if you're like if you're plus size you're automatically called bubbly what the fuck is that about and there's certain things that like people want you to be like if you're black you've got to be like sassy and shit like and I think when, I'm, when I can be myself without putting on a performance, that's when I'm like content with who I am. And happiness is honestly fleeting. Mm. Like happy is something that we constantly chase and never find because we're chasing it. Like you decide in that moment to feel joy. Like I can be very, very sad, but still actually have a lot of joy in my heart. So happiness is like a very like fleeting thing for me. Um, I much prefer like, Filling up on things that bring me joy. Because when you do feel sad, you're not as sad because you have that foundation that's there. It's weighty, it's, it's strong, it, and it's based on joy. So, yeah, being be my authentic self and being able to be me because I wasn't me for so long.
1: Yeah, love that. And I think that's very true for most people. But I'm definitely... I feel it myself because, like, I've, I've always kind of tried to live in a space where I'm trying to do things for other people... I oh, forget yeah. about doing the things for me because I just like doing them and because it's authentic to me. And I think, I oh, know some people might think it's a bit weird or yeah. whatever, but I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to do these things for me. And the more you do do it, yeah. the more you go down that journey of, yeah, this is why I'm doing it because it's really feeding mm. who I am. And it's like, I don't even care what other people think anymore. It's like, this is, I'm doing this for me. And, it's and just that's so when
0: like I call them light bulb moments. Yeah. That's when the light bulb moment happens. When you really choose yourself, especially women, when we choose ourselves, the the joy and the freedom that comes from that, you cannot you can't describe it. It's just the feeling you get and it's like the world has suddenly changed. Mm. It's the best fucking feeling. And I tell everyone that follows me like, all the time like choose yourself. Like stop settling. Stop making yourself small because you're afraid to take up space in terms of, like, uh, your your energy and your size. Like, take up space, like, demand the fucking room because life is so short and we, like I said before, have been silenced for so long. We're told to look a certain way, be a certain way and, honestly, like, fuck that. Women, like, we are rising up and we're coming for everyone, so I'm just letting you all know. <laughs> I'm letting you all know. We're
1: here for it. We're yeah.
0: <laughs> Welcome, thanks.
1: But yeah, thank you to Grace for being here. That was amazing. Thanks for being so honest and open, and for being authentically you, and for just thank swearing you. a lot and
2: for <laughs> looking fabulous, I can't help it.
1: and for being funny and everything else. And um, thanks to you guys for being here as well. This has been Dreamers Disease live at London Podcast Festival. So thanks to London Podcast Festival for having us, Woo. and yeah, it's
0: been wicked. Cheers, guys.
2: Thank, thank, you. You. thank
0: you. Amazing.
1: so there we have it guys that was grace victory live from the london podcast festival and as i said an amazing episode like grace's energy is so pure and so catchy and it's just infectious and it just the room just bubbles when she's in it, and she's just amazing at what she does and talking about the things she does and she's so honest and open and she just brings such a great vibe and i think the stuff she was talking about you know trauma and healing and going through the kind of process of therapy is really powerful because i know a lot of people who listen to this podcast interested in those subjects and they're always messaging me about therapy and stuff and you know my own journey with it is that you know i tried it and it wasn't for me so it's good to hear those experiences from someone who is not only doing it and is doing it and will continue to do it but it's getting huge benefits from it so i love being able to share that with you guys now if you did enjoy this episode and you know that there's someone out there who would benefit from listening to it then be sure to send them the link send that message to them Share the screenshot with them, whatever it may be. Just let's spread the message and the positive vibes with, with people because that's the best way to get these messages out there. And if you want to connect with me, you can hit me up on Instagram at IamAlexManzi. You can find Grace at Grace F Victory on Instagram. Tag us in any screenshots that you take and post your story because we'll both connect with you over there in the DMs and we can continue the conversations. And that's always so powerful. You know that I love doing that with you guys. So until next time, I will see you then. Remember to go out there and chase your dreams.